the way that we infantilize these people and say that they were just like upset about an election. Hitler and Wright should never be in the same sentence unless the words was not are in between. Hello and welcome to Two and a Half Black Guys, a show about black people for black people. My name is Garen and I'll be your host along with my friends John. Hey everybody. And Chris. Hello. So today we're not going to have a full episode, um, having just talked about the Wilmington Massacre uh, in our last episode, but uh, crazily enough, about two days after we recorded that episode, uh, the exact same thing happened, actually, but today, uh, in our nation's capital, I'm sure that everybody is aware of the failed coup attempt by the uh, Trump-supporting cult members <laughs> that stormed the Capitol building um, with malicious intent to disrupt our democratic process. So we just wanted to talk a little bit about our feelings about that, about what happened, um, yeah. Anybody want to, I don't know, give like a quick two second synopsis of what happened slash give your, um, your reactions to what happened? Um, disappointment, but not surprise. That's exactly how I felt while it was happening and extra disappointment, especially it was a weird time to learn that the police know how to like de-escalate situations without using violence. Yes. But you know, it's got to look at the crowd to see why they chose this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess to summarize my understanding of the events, even though we're still learning more as, as the days go on. Um, but I was, I was actually in a meeting when when it happened, and then after the meeting, I like took my lunch break, and we were watching CNN, and there were just a bunch of people with like Confederate flags, Trump flags, um, outside the Capitol building, and they were rushing up the steps, and they were like banging on the doors, and so we were seeing this live, and then a few minutes later, it was like no, they're they're actually inside, they've reached the Capitol, but there was no video, there's no live video of them actually getting in. Um, and then in the hours that followed, you started seeing pictures of people inside, like the Senate chamber and the House chamber. You know, there was a man waving a Confederate flag. There was a person took uh, the podium from from the House floor. There was <laughs> a guy in like fur and horns sitting in the seat that Mike Pence was just in minutes or pre prior. Yeah. Um, and as the days went on, you, you saw videos of the Capitol police moving gates to let people in, uh, people climbing in the windows as the police just like stood there. And there was a man caught with 11 Molotov cocktails. There were at least three bombs found that I heard. Yeah. Um, one at, the two at the RN, two at the DNC and one at the RNC headquarters. Yep. Um, and there, obviously, there was a bunch of like tweets and stuff on Parler that you saw of like people planning this. Like this was like very much planned. There was merch for it. Oh there my was god! Wearing a sweatshirt that had like January sixth oh on it. Oh my god! I didn't know about the merch. I didn't know about the merch. Yeah. 
I did see um, a couple of pictures. One that was like very startling to me um, of a guy that had like those zip tie handcuffs because that's not something that you just like on the fly improvise zip tie handcuffs. You come prepared to use those and there's really nothing else that you can think like, oh, he had this for a protest except to take hostages, you know, to kidnap people off the Senate floor to hold them against their will. I can't think of another reason why you would need zip tie handcuffs for a peaceful protest. It honestly was just astonishing to me, um, like John said, to watch how these people with clear malicious intent were being treated by the police, even more to hear how they were talked about by all of the news sites or all of the news channels, really, you know, not even just Fox News, right? It was a long time before, you know, I mean, I don't watch, um, you know, the news on TV so much because I don't, I'm not old enough for that. (laughs) (laughs) I mostly will read things online. Um, It's not to say I'm looking at Facebook, but I usually don't watch cable news, but I was watching cable news with my mom while it was happening. And I think the first time that I heard after, you know, a little while of watching the coverage, um, anybody say anything other than protesters was um, when I heard uh, Hakeem Jeffries um, talk about, um, he's a U.S. representative, uh, when he came on and he was like, these were violent insurrectionists, that these people were committing crimes, that these were not protesters, that these were people that were trying to commit treason, that there are people that are trying to overthrow the the democratic process and obviously that's not a quote i don't want to put you know specific words into his mouth but that was the gist of what he was saying he wasn't equivocating he wasn't saying you know these are just protesters these are just you know people that are uh upset with their government no these were people that had been shown all of the evidence to suggest that their candidate lost a fair election and decided to turn to violence to overturn that election yeah. Well, um, I, I watched that change happen live. So we were watching CNN and they were saying like protesters and the protesters has, have turned violent. Um, but then like an hour in maybe, like it was very clear that they got the okay from like the higher ups to start calling them like rioters and like a mob. Um, um, because, you know, like the newsrooms are controlled by like someone who decides what, what they can and cannot say. Right. It's not just um, the on air talent that's saying whatever they want to say. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but it was just, it was so it was interesting to see that change happen. But also, like, the way that we infantilize these people and say that they were just, like, upset about an election and they were just, we just need to, like, let them, you know, show their frustration and then, like, let them, like, calm down, right? Because there was a police officer in Chicago, well, the person who heads the Chicago's police association um was basically saying that they were just upset about the election results and that like we just need to like let them calm down and that like um he you couldn't tell him that that many people voted for joe biden and that like we like just need to move on from this and this was this was before he found out that the capitol police officer um had been killed so he was he wasn't condemning it in any way or anything but then after that he was obviously like oh i condemn the violence that happened in the capitol 
So people were just like out the gate equivocating what happened. Jesus. Um, and me. oh, sorry, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, John. Say, allow me to be blunt, but why the hell does this country coddle white folks so much over and over again? That's what it was made to. I feel like we're seeing the we're seeing the extreme version of what the systems put in place in this country were meant to do. Yeah. Right, the systems put in place are meant to make life as comfortable as possible for as many white people as possible because of the concept of whiteness, right? And I think that we're seeing that every time that the concept of whiteness comes under attack, the concept of what it means to be gaining from a system that perpetuates whiteness comes under attack, that system fights back. And it's not just in the form of individual people. It's not just you know, a lot of people think it's just, you know, white people that say the N-word, right? No, it's the whole system that allows for these kinds of things to happen. And that's why you'll see crazy shit like bombs being found, being brought to political headquarters, people storming the Capitol and still have newsrooms that are unsure whether they can call these people terrorists because that goes against the very fabric of all of the systems in this country in defending whiteness when those people that are perpetrating these acts don't look like what we would like to demonize as terrorists. And and that's why. That's why you see this coddling attitude. That's why you see this infantilization because you need, or rather the system has to protect itself by saying, look, these are good people that are just upset and we need to let them feel how they feel when you know that black and brown people, that people of color would never be afforded that same sort of coverage. Word. Yeah. And, and while it's good that president like Biden highlights the fact that if it were black lives matter protesters, they, you know, it would have been much different. Like there were people would have likely been killed. Um, it's not enough to just say like, oh, this would be so much different if it was Black Lives Matter protesters. You have to name white supremacy because notice the newsrooms weren't like al allowing their anchors to say that it was white supremacy, right? Even though we know that the Confederate flag stands for white supremacy. Yeah, just look right? at some of the clothes All that of some of the uh, quote unquote protesters were wearing. Just straight anti-Semitism. Just straight. Yeah. Like blatant. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw... Um, that video that somebody took that was posted on Twitter, um, there was somebody I had heard that it was a junior member of, uh, Congress. I don't know, but, um, basically speaking into a megaphone saying Hitler was right about one thing that the children are the future. And this woman just being like, Oh my God, she just said Hitler was right about something. And I know for a fact that you're going to see people defending her by saying she didn't say Hitler was right about everything. She said Hitler was right about the children being the future. And that's a thing that a lot of people would agree with. And a lot of people had said, and that's kind of the point, though, right, is that if that is such a common idea and such a common thing that so many more respectable people have said, why would you use Hitler as your quoting source? unless you subtly want to, to put in people's minds, Hitler and Wright can be in the same sentence, which should never happen. 
To be clear, Hitler and Wright should never be in the same sentence unless the words was not are in between them. And she knew what she was doing. She did that on purpose. And that's why you could then see things like, um, the what was it? The people that were like six million was not enough. Yes. There is a direct link between these two things. And we want to act like there isn't. And that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I just looked it up. It was a representative from Illinois, Mary Miller, uh, who was who just won the life of a Jesus. Uh, <laughs> who said that? But it, it's hurts. It's so crazy to watch this play out because white supremacy will like work the system in order to maintain its power. Like there's no consistency except white supremacy. So obviously we all know Donald Trump was banned from Twitter. Yep. Um, he was banned from a lot yeah. of things. <laughs> he was banned from a lot of things Twitter. Somehow but, still not but, enough. <laughs> yeah. But the, but the dialogue, people are calling this Orwellian. People are saying that like this is censorship, that this is goes against his First Amendment rights. First of all, the First Amendment protects you from prosecution from the government for saying what you want to say. That does not mean that one, that people can't disagree with you or not want to be friends with you or not want to talk to you because of what you say. And it definitely does not mean that privately owned social media websites can't ban you. That is not what the First Amendment protects you from. It is not. what the Also, no, keep going, keep going. And so, like, the fact that people are saying that this is essentially that this is going against the First Amendment, it's like, that's that's if he wasn't allowed to be banned from Twitter because he's president, that would be Orwellian. That would be authoritarian, mm-hmm. right? So this is about white supremacy. This is about like one white man's ability to tweet whatever he wants, not about First Amendment rights or freedom of speech. Yes, yeah. And on the same topic of the only consistency being white supremacy, um, I think, John, you mentioned earlier that there was a police officer that was attacked and that was killed um or maybe it was chris um but there was a police officer that was basically beaten to death by that mob and um was attacked there's it's on video you can see them dragging him and he died later on and that's crazy to me from the crowd that was waving blue lives matter flags that was waving the thin blue line that's all about back the blue because that switched so quickly, right? And you can't explain that switch of these people that were so vehemently behind the police when they thought that the greatest crime that the police or the only crime that the police were perpetrating was the reckless shooting of black people. They were behind them all the way 100% for that. Mm -hmm. But as soon as the police became a vehicle to, I'm not even going to say stop, slightly impede white yeah. supremacy <laughs> then it was we stuck up for you and now you're you're you don't have our backs and you know we don't care about you anymore and they literally beat a cop to death that you can't reconcile those actions with a belief system that is not just rooted in white supremacy you can't yeah. because when is the last time that you've seen at a Black Lives Matter protest, a bunch of people beating a black man to death while he was being arrested by cops or something crazy like that, right? Mm -hmm. It would have to go against completely your ideology. And it's not, in order to see something like that, you have to realize that there is more at play than what they're saying. And that's exactly, Chris hit it on the head, right? It's white supremacy. 
But I, th- I think one thing that we don't realize is that in their minds, they're fully convinced that they are doing their patriotic duty to the to America by storming the Capitol, right? Mm-hmm. Because in their mind, because of what Donald Trump and his, you know, colleagues in the House and the Senate told them is that this was an election that was fraudulent, that Donald Trump won by a landslide, mm-hmm. and that as patriots, they should defend what they believe are the true results of the election. Right. So it's not just these people who, who stormed the Capitol, right? It's all the people who are complicit. But I, I think it's so crazy that, like, in their minds, this is just like they have, they live in an entirely different reality. And actually, I kind of want to hear what's going on on Ohio Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So actually, Ohio Facebook has been rather tame. Even the people, like, like the people who are normally all pro-Trump are still kind of like, oh, people died? Like, oh, they did this? This probably wasn't the best way to go about it. But it's not like they're not poo-pooing the actual coup. They're poo-pooing the people. They're more like, oh, you're making all of us look bad. That's what it is. Like, Trump is still the best. And these guys aren't really with us. There are a couple of conspiracy theorists or like, oh, it's Antifa, actually. Those people exist. I've seen a couple of those on Ohio Facebook, which, good Lord. <laughs> I don't even want to go. Honestly, I don't even want to talk about that because it's not even worth no. our energy. But one of my friend's moms is also in that camp of these. some of these people who are Antifa dressed up like Trump supporters. Yeah, I don't want to entertain conspiracy theories. <laughs> and, and this isn't even like just people's moms on Facebook. This is like the re- representative Matt gets. Yeah, he pushed that narrative. Like it's a same dude that wore a gas mask onto the congressional floor at the beginning of um at the beginning of the pandemic because he was like COVID is such a non issue. Is that the same guy? Maybe could I be. I wouldn't be surprised. Matt Matt gets. Yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll look it up and <laughs> I'll let you guys know if I find anything. Yeah, but basically, yep, that was him. They're digging in their heels. Yeah, they're digging in their heels right now. Like they're not changing their minds, and I think it's far past them changing their minds. I I feel like from almost like a human psychological point of view, if you are this deep, I don't know that you really can just be like, oh. Guess we were wrong about this one. I mean, especially when you have leadership just flanning the flames. Flan. Oh God, I can't talk. Fanning the flames. There's been a lot of disinformation campaigns in the very virulent echo chambers that have persisted yeah. for years now, and it's hard to get rid of. You can't really. And the scary thing is you can't. Yeah, and you can't convince them that that's not what's happening because they'll just be like, "Oh, all of our information is censored." Yeah. I don't have a solution, <laughs> and I wish there was, like, a nice solution. They were already planning, like, their next steps on Parler and other, like, conservative holds. And so AWS is no longer going to host Parler, and I'm sure other cloud platforms will probably follow suit. But I don't know if that's going to accomplish anything. I'm kind of of the opinion that I don't want these people to just go back into their hidey holes. I feel like we need to really address this in our country now. Because it's just going to fester and we're going to continue the cycle as we've been continuing the cycle in this country for hundreds of years. Honestly, I'm very conflicted about it as well, because while I like the 
while I like the AWS as like a real player with the ability to be like, you know what, um, like we don't have our own social platform, but you're hosted on us and no. So you you literally, you know, just can't. And then Parler having to be like, well, Google and Amazon and Apple all told us that they that they weren't going to host us. But um, we have so many other people bidding for our business. Like, yeah, OK, whatever. Yeah. But I, I agree. You know, like I feel like just having all of these companies, um, you know, shut down these places that these people are congregating, you know, is more of an attempt at a return to normalcy, a normalcy, mind you, that was already killing black people, mm-hmm. killing people of color, um, oppressing people of the LGBTQ community, you know, um, a return to that kind of normalcy. And I don't know that that's what you want out of this. You know, I don't know what the alternative really is, but I think that the more that you push people underground, you're just going to be more surprised when you have things like the capital coup happen because you didn't see it coming because you didn't know where you pushed them to. Yeah. You know, it's like being like, I actually love the Confederate flag because if I see somebody flying that, I know to stay away from them. If they didn't have that, how would I know? I might try to talk to this guy, you know, that kind of thinking, right? That like, if I can see it, I can at least try to combat it. But if we're just pushing them further and further underground, we're not changing their minds. Nobody's mind is changed because Parler is down. Yeah. You know, I think you could argue that maybe they're just not spreading their reach as far. But I mean, as we've seen, it doesn't take Parler for these things to happen, right? A lot of this disinformation was sent straight over Facebook, right? And Facebook can't ban every, you know, suburban mom, suburban dad that is just sharing these articles or not even articles, like pictures, memes, that are sharing these memes mm-hmm. and everyone takes them seriously, you know? It's not feasible. So I, while it makes me feel good to be like, ah, oh, yeah, Amazon, go get Parler. It's like you said, right? Like, mm-hmm. does that do anything really? I don't think so. And if I'm being honest, like, I think the change doesn't come in our lifetimes. I think the change has to start with education reform first. Then it has to start with systemic reform next i agree because i think that education is a big part of it yeah the 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 people of today who are storming the capital are already dug in and they're in a cult and i don't think it's possible to change their minds so yeah I, while it is hilarious that donald trump is banned from twitter and among many other social platforms at this point it's it's gallows humor like i don't Think that I can be optimistic about the future of America. Like, uh, from my Twitter feed, people keep saying historians will tell you that failed coups are usually followed by successful coups. Mm-hmm. Like, Hitler tried in 1923, they put him in jail, he came out five years after that, and then 10 years yeah, after that, he was in power. Like, we can't just, like, this, these calls for unity and like moving forward and coming together. Who is coming together? Right. It's white people. It's like the white people who aren't actually affected by what happens, what the, by what this represents. And we I mean, we do need unity as a country. Right? But we need unity against fascists. If your unity includes the fascists that just showed you people who like didn't know what was going on, like people were talking about this in 2015. People were warned. The warning signs have been there from the beginning, you know, 
people of color, primarily women of color, again, have been telling you what Donald Trump represents in this country, and you didn't listen. And so now on January 6th, you see, finally, you understand what what this is about, what the gravity of the situation is, and you're just going to, like, try to move forward. Like, we, we can't just forget. The, the Capitol was not breached 200 years before that. Like, since yeah. 1814, the Capitol really had not been breached. And the last time it was done, it was by, done by a foreign power that we were at war with. Yeah. We can't, we yeah. can't just take hands and move off. We can't just like. I think that it's away. actually. Correct me if I'm wrong. Really... Oh, sorry. But wasn't that the first time that the Confederate flag ever breached? Yes. Yeah. The walls of the Capitol. Yeah. Yeah. We literally fought a war so that flag would never be in the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these calls for unity or whatever is exactly what happened after the Civil War. And you can draw a straight line from then to where we are today. Actually, a crazy thing about that. So I saw somebody sent me a like email or Facebook post or something that's going around, um, you know, that section of of social media saying if you are involved in it, President Donald Trump is going to pardon you. He just needs your name and your city and whatever else, like do this and you can get a pardon. Um, and I saw that and I was like, that's actually doubly stupid because he doesn't actually even need that information. Like you guys were saying right after the Civil War, um, a lot of the Confederate soldiers, I think maybe actually all of the Confederate soldiers, were actually pardoned for crimes against the Union. Um, and like this has happened before, that presidents will pardon large groups of people. And so it's established that presidents don't actually need specific names of people they can pardon a whole group of people, which is why I thought it was extra dumb because I was like, man, if you were like invested in getting this pardon, wouldn't you at least like Google that or like figure out because this is probably somebody that's just going to, I don't know, put you on a spam mailing list or some shit. But seeing that, I was just like, yeah, it's actually even dumber than you think it is because he could actually just be like, if you are prosecuted for crimes committed during the storming of the Capitol, you get a presidential pardon and you can't be tried for that. Wow. Putting that out it, there. The pardon power is broken. <laughs> like if they put this in a video game, people would be like, patch this shit right now. <laughs> that's the thing. That, that's why he poses a clear, that's one of the many reasons why he poses a clear and present danger. Like he needs to be removed today. He needs to be removed yesterday. Yeah. Like, yes. Even though he won't be gone if he's a piece of removed from office, right? That won't be enough. We have to at least do that. Right. Um, yeah. He won't have that power. Right. I also wanted to say real quick, I thought that it was a very interesting um, way of putting it uh, when you were talking about unity, that basically like people that are calling for unity, like who are you calling for unity from? And to figure that out, I feel like you have to look at who's always calling for unity. It's more likely than not going to be a cisgendered, heterosexual, older white man. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of qualifiers, but I guarantee you that's basically going to be who it is. Um, and if you think about who they want unity from, it's white people. They want all of the white people who are supporting people of color, who are supporting queer people 
they want all of those white people to get on board with the agenda. They're basically saying, look, you're fucking with the system that is working for us. Why are you doing that? You need to come together with us. Look, we already agreed that we would stop saying the N-word. We already agreed that we would be nicer. Well, yeah. <laughs> we agreed that we should at least act like we don't want to say the N-word all the time. We at least agreed that on TV or whatever, you know, we would give them their token friends characters, right? That's all. That was our part of the compromise. Now, your part is to stop trying to dismantle the actual system. We're all living good here. Unity, love, love us so that we can love the system. That's what it is. I don't think that you ever are going to find somebody trying to convince people that are actually oppressed that they are that they should be trying to have this unity. What you'll find them trying to convince us of is that we should stop complaining so much, you know, or that it's really us pointing out what they're doing that's the real violence, that's the real inappropriateness. Mm-hmm. And to to think about that for me really puts it into perspective because every time I see this call for unity, I'm like, how in God's name do you expect me to unify with somebody that will defend my murderers? If I die, that will say, but what did he have in the car? Was it a stolen car? It wasn't registered. It, the registry had expired. Did he steal a pack of gum? How do you expect me to unify with that? And the answer is they don't. They just expect me to shut up. Mm-hmm. While the rest of, well, all of the white people all unify under the message of, we'll try to be nicer with your oppression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the basically the message is, remember you're still white. Yeah. Yes. Like you're still you're fine. God, put that on a shirt. <laughs> yeah. <geez. laughs> and you see things like you're a white traitor when people like actually stand up for Black Lives Matter, right? When white people stand up for Black Lives Matter, the racist white people are like, what are you doing? You're like a race did you miss the memo Mm -hmm. right so yeah the unity message i think and it's it's insidious because it's all of the language that you actually use to deliver that message is all connotatively positive right these are all positive terms they sound nice in a perfect world where you could just snap your fingers and achieve that that is how you would describe a utopia, right? Like, everybody loves each other. There's no problems with people. Everyone respects each other. But you can't do that, and just asking for it is ridiculous. And that bothers me because it leads to people thinking that them trying to overturn democratic elections are not the problem. And they are the problem. Yeah, I mean, and it's very difficult for me to be optimistic because... I follow this woman, uh, Bree Newsom Bass, who I think I think it was in 2018, climbed up a flagpole and took down a Confederate flag. And, yes. and she's literally said it multiple times, like, my feed is not for people who are trying to be optimistic. Like, I call things how I see them. And she's repeatedly saying, like, there's no expiration date on fascism. Like, January 20th is not some magic day where everyone's going to be like, all right, boys, we got to pack it up. That's it. <sighs> fascism is over. <laughs> we tried. That's the same way that I feel um, reading the things that Ta-Nehisi Coates writes. Like when I read We Were Eight Years in Power, um, there's actually a section of the book where he talks about having gone on like one of the late night shows or whatever. And they asked him, they were like, you know, you're this brilliant writer. You've done all this research. Is there hope for America? 
And he's like, I struggle with this question because I know what they want. They want me to give them some nice platitudes. They want me to say some flowery things about this isn't who we are and we can come together as a nation and all that stuff. But really, I don't think that that's the truth. I think that there are hard truths that we as a nation don't want to reckon with. And until we do, then there isn't a lot of hope. And people ask, well, what's the solution? And I want to just tell them reparations. You got to do the work, but they don't want to hear that. So it makes it difficult to give hope, right? And I think that that's also a thing that people will also flag people of color for is like, you guys are so negative. You don't have any hope. There's no positivity. Like, well, show me any time in the last 400 years where there's really been a reason for hope that then turned out positively, right? Mm -hmm. I, anyway that's not to say that you know there's no reason to try that's not to say that there's not a reason to do your best to dismantle these systems but it is to say that just blanketly saying hey you guys are negative and i'm not going to listen to you because of that is not it's not it's not helpful it's not useful it's not a way that you make actual change by telling somebody that them telling the truth is unhelpful because until you understand how bad things are, you won't understand the the degree of the solution that's necessary to make them better. All right. Well, we've talked about a lot of topics um, ranging from the actual events um, of January 6th and how they relate to other systems in America, other events in the past um, do you guys, either of you, have any final thoughts before we wrap up here? I have one. Fuck fascism. Yeah, I like it. I like it, and uh, apparently this is controversial now. This is a brave statement you just made mm. there, John. That was brave. They're going to call you Antifa. <laughs> they're going to call you exactly what you just said, but they're going to say it like it's a bad thing. So. I see. <laughs> Chris any final thoughts I don't really have anything to add I mean I will say that we're basically still in the same fight as reconstruction we never finished it and I'm honestly plotting my escape I, I like <laughs> I know that I'm isolated because of my privilege from from the true effects of what, what happened on Wednesday but I'm, I'm not really trying to be here <laughs> Yeah, I feel you, man. I think I might have said this before, but um, Ghana actually had a whole campaign about trying to get Black Americans to move to Ghana and giving them um, space to build their homes on. And I went to my family. I was like, you guys, maybe we should take a trip to Ghana. And then the pandemic hit and the U.S. handled it so poorly Mm -hmm. that every country on the planet was like, you guys can't come. And I was like, shit, they trapped me here. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, um, I also kind of feel that. I feel the need for escape. I don't know that personally it's an option for me, unfortunately, just because of the amount of people that I really care about that are here, that I don't think that I would be able to be that far away from but if i could convince everyone that i know to just go to a different place i would leave in a heartbeat <laughs> uh, that's that's very true 
<laughs> because I don't want to be in a place where I have to unify with people that don't believe my life matters. That's 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 yes. it. And that's my final thought. Anyway, um, that's our little mini episode for the day. Uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I hope that you guys, you know, learned something. And uh, we will be back in the next episode of Two and a Half Black Guys. Mm-hmm.